Investigating human limitations beyond the veil of perception is as disconcerting as looking at an image repeating into itself in an infinite regress. What would it mean to have a complete grasp of the entire picture? And would that define for us what is reality? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Evolve Faster Podcast. I'm Scott Ely. Infinite Regress, Drawing Back the Veil of Perception Reality isn't an accident. The sentence, like a bomb with a lit fuse, was the title of a chapter in her life being forcibly closed. She'd last seen the words in all caps on the whiteboard of her research lab at the Solarius Particle Accelerator. Though it sounded definitive, it was also an admission of ignorance. Their funding was cut before they had the time to even rerun the test. All she had now was that statement seared in her mind and the data from the collision which she'd stolen from the lab. And now, this. What in the hell was this? As she stood at the window of her home office, a gentle summer wind danced across her face. Sam stared back at the hologram interface on her desk, not believing the seven-figure number hovering right next to her name, Samantha Payne. She checked the income transaction log in disbelief. October 21st, 2042. No mistake, it was real. Since the government canceled her work researching the origins of reality, Sam did her best to stay afloat and stay positive in a world where work outside the government was illegal. She was also on universal basic income probation for stealing her research data. Getting the only income source left in the world reduced and monitored didn't make Sam's life any easier. She felt like a caged animal with artificial walls closing in on her sanity. Sam ran to the living room. She found Will in a meditative state, his body resting upright on the sofa. On the other side of the room, their daughter Maya was sleeping in a small crib. Sam shook Will until his eyes opened. She opened the interface to show him the account, saying, what do you know about this? Will rubbed his eyes to adjust to the light. Sam, I asked you to please not pull me out of silk abruptly like that. I was having an important conversation with, wait, that's your UBI? Yes, that's how much money I currently have, and it certainly isn't a Christmas bonus. Giving Will a second to focus, Sam continued, you're the only one who knows about my plan, which of course requires at least this level of investment. Who did you tell? Will laughed as he got up off the couch. Sam, you're the only person in history to be upset at the arrival of mystery money. Look, I'm as surprised as you are. I, I have no idea. Even if they took you off UBI probation early, it still doesn't add up. It's not even close. But you know what this means, right? Yes, but, but what, Sam? You can finally go underground in silk and continue your work. This income didn't come from the government, so it must be from someone who does support you. Sam gestured to move the conversation away from Maya. I guess I still don't understand how am I supposed to continue experimental physics on actual reality in a virtual reality game? Sam, we've talked about this. Silk is not a game. In our reality, the government might have made work illegal for most of society. 
but in Silk, everyone can work as if it were real life, including physicists and experts in every field of study, everyone you need to see your project to the end. The exact laws of physics of our universe apply there. So with your data, you can pick up where you left off. And, well, look, some things I just can't explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. Things work differently there. People work together with a common cause. Besides, what have you got to lose? They took away everything from your life's work here, and Sam cut him off. What do I have to lose? They've been watching you for years, and I'm on probation. If they figure out I'm doing this, we have to think about Maya. Will grabs Sam gently by the shoulders. I've never been able to help you with your work. Until now, you'll be invisible. How do you think I'm working in silk undetected every day? Will walked her to the bathroom. Under the sink, he pulled out a small matte black box and opened it using the fingerprint sensor. Inside was a small syringe, no bigger than her pinky finger. The government nanotechnology that everyone has tracks your every move. Well, this one cloaks you, especially when you're inside silk. This is quite literally the lifeblood of the revolution class. People who want to work without government limitations. People like you. Maya cried out from the other room, breaking the moment. Will said, I'll get her back down for the rest of her nap. She's probably just hungry. He pointed at Sam with a big smile saying, and you go cloak yourself. We have a lot of work to do. The scientific world has started to move on without you underground. Sam stood in the mirror. Will pulled the door as he left, but it stopped short of fully closing. The mirror on the back of the door was at just enough of an angle that she could see her mirrored reflection regressing into infinity. She moved her hands slowly to watch the reflected reflection mirror her movements over and over, smaller and smaller. It was disconcerting, but also somehow comforting. The syringe was the same injector style as her annual required nanotechnology shot, but this liquid was a deep purple. Sam placed the syringe on her inner elbow and squeezed the button. In the mirrors, she watched dozens of versions of herself wince at the sharp pain. Sam nodded to an arm raised in the crowd of scientists. What do you mean that reality is not an accident? And you're talking about the real world, not this virtual world of silk that we're in right now, correct? Although still uneasy about how quickly she went from her home to this virtual world, Sam was also shocked at how real and natural it felt. She'd tried a game with a VR helmet and bodysuit a few years back and found it interesting, but still not realistic. But this, this was so real that she had to continually remind herself that it wasn't. When she first arrived, she experimented with all the senses. She could actually taste and smell the coffee. She realized that the boundaries she'd put up about these virtual worlds was hugely short-sighted. It was incredible. Behind the gathering of scientists, the massive particle accelerator rested like a sleeping beast ready to wake up. It's crisscrossing of pipes, wires, and tubes looking like mechanical veins and nerves. It was a gigantic machine Sam thought she'd never see again. 
and looking at it felt like tasting a favorite snack from her childhood. It looked different, but it felt real all the same. She refocused on the question just asked. Yes, the real world. Before the government pulled the plug on me, my research produced results implying that everything we thought until now about our world and the universe might be wrong. And one thing that's not an accident is that something other than the probabilistic fantasy of the Big Bang triggered the creation of our universe. Additionally, a tall woman standing on the opposite side of the room cut her off. Hello, Dr. Payne. I understand this is your first time here. Welcome. It's a good day when one of reality's best becomes one of Silk's instead. We are familiar with your previous work. And of course, we know who your husband is and his important to any of this even being possible. As she said the last sentence, Sam glanced behind her and looked at Will, where he stood next to a blonde man in his 20s with spiky blonde hair. We wouldn't be investing this time with you otherwise. But I need to point out that we've been doing our research in here for a long time. Some of us never actually worked in the real world as it was made illegal before our careers began. And some of us here couldn't have worked there because they don't exist there. But we've made significant progress nonetheless. It turns out you don't really need reality if you have innovative ideas, equality, and cooperation at a scale never possible back in reality. My point is, our progress here doesn't sync with what you're telling us. Do you have any data or proof? To invest in your project, whether you have the investment capital or not, will put our other work at risk. Sam looked down, biting her lower lip. Thank you for being blunt. All of this is new to me, and I was not speaking to you as peers. Forgive me for not yet understanding how any of this is even possible, let alone making progress versus the real world. To answer your question directly, yes, I'm planning to share my data the moment we start working. I nearly went to prison to get my hands on it, so I will certainly be happy to dig back into it experimentally. I understand your skepticism. I'd feel the same way. So in the meantime, before we can get to that level, I can offer you this. John? A spherical animation about five feet across started up on the hologram deck that sat next to her in the center of the lab. It was a repeating animation of a miniature black hole. Sam noticed that total silence in silk was qualitatively different, something like the pure black version of having no sound. After the mesmerizing animation looped at least a dozen times, a short man with glasses right in front of the animation said, you generated that in a collision? In the real world? And you have the data? Why would they have shut you down? Yes. Sam chose to only answer the first question, letting the silence and palpable awe in this virtual room fill in the blanks. A few seconds later, it sounded as if everyone was talking at once. The room closed in on the animation and the speculation about the implications of what might be in the data circulated around the scientists. Let their imaginations run, Sam thought. She stepped back to allow them to crowd in. Sam thought about her real body resting back in the living room, just a few feet away from her daughter, who slept without a worry in her mind. Everything felt similar to home, 
The air entering her lungs, the crowd chattering, even the warm feel of Will's hand on her shoulder, which he'd just rested there. Similar, but also different. Comfortable, but also not. She assumed it was just her brain and her nervous system getting accustomed to the new nanotechnology that was controlling it. But there was no way around it. This was a very real feeling. Will was right, as always. This was no game. When the questions in the debate about the miniature black hole tapered off, they quizzed Sam for another hour about her planned methods and goals for the project. In turn, she learned a lot about how the virtual accelerator was possible. She didn't fully understand it yet, but it was some combination of backdoor access to the real world's accelerator collisions and machine learning that was constantly sorting through gargantuan amounts of historical collisions looking for data and clues. This was brilliant, she realized. They were usually only bothering to analyze the most interesting one or two percent of collision data. But these rogue scientists had proved the rest was far from garbage data. Then, of course, they had this virtual accelerator, which looked real for effect within Silk, but it too was narrowly expert AI to rerun previous collisions and estimate new ones. You just can't stop humans from innovating, she thought. I know you'll need to discuss among yourselves now, so I'd like to leave you thinking about something. You're currently in a virtual world, and as I understand it, you know everything about this world because you created it. But what if you, in effect, created the real world as well? Therefore, what's stopping you from understanding everything about that world too? I know that idea feels like an infinite regress where you can take a step back or forward without ever reaching the end. But this is our job as scientists, to discover the truth, no matter what the cost. With your help, I believe we can finally learn the origin and develop a provable theory of everything. Reality is not an accident, and it's also not an accident that I ended up here with the chance to work with all of you. When Sam first opened her eyes after initiating the exit procedure Will taught her, she sat bolt upright, clenching the couch cushions in her hands. Instead of Will, Maya, and her comfortable living room, all she could see was a swirling fractal pattern, as if she were seeing a tear in the fabric of space. She bit back a scream and forced her eyes closed. When she opened them again, the fractals were gone. She exhaled long and slow, assessing the room. Will was still immersed in silk, exactly where he'd been. She walked to Maya's crib and kissed her on the head, careful not to wake her. Then Sam sat back on the couch, trying to process the whirlwind of events of the last two hours. It felt like days had passed since she injected the nano. Before entering her lab in Silk, Sam let the warm summer breeze of the virtual world bathe her face. She liked it now as much as a breeze back in her world. She said hello to several members of her team and made her way to her all-glass office. She designed this space right down to an identical window and drapes to feel exactly like her home office in the real world. It was strange that even when she could redesign her digital life in silk to look like anything in the world, she chose familiar comfort 
over novelty. A friendly face waited for her in her office. Hi, Sam. You look as if your workday just ended instead of started. The comment made Sam pause. She was definitely feeling the weight of three years in Silk with no new discoveries, no significant breakthroughs. Three years. Maya was just a baby when she entered Silk that first afternoon. Although making some progress on reproducing similar data within the virtual accelerator, her team was getting anxious. The payment was steady, but Sam knew the funding was getting low, something that in the previous society would have been easily solved by raising more capital. But that's not how the world worked anymore. Was she leading them down the wrong path? An attempt to put on a relaxed face made Sam feel even stiffer. Hi, John. I'm good, no worries. Just one of those weeks. How's it going with you? Will told me you're having an issue with a government breach or a system-wide hack. John Weber was the creator of Silk. He'd built it on the premise of getting back to a human-focused world, based on a manifesto Will wrote back in college called The Next Evolution. After a botched early-stage nano-injection, John pivoted his views of wanting to create a completely transhuman future, and instead spent a decade building silk. So John showing up for a visit was rarely a social affair. He was a busy, important person. Yes, it's resolved, John said. No need to worry. But it is related to why I'm here. Is it possible to reduce the amount of particle collision simulations for the next couple of weeks? John tapped one of the outer walls of the accelerator lab like a prized horse. Meaning, if we take some power away from this guy, will it affect your progress? Oh, why? What's happening? I don't know how much you move around the rest of Silk outside the lab, but recently there have been more glitches than usual happening. As a result, the firewall is suffering. Looking at the power usage, it's mainly because the accelerator is taking too much of our overall system resources. Initially, we didn't think this was possible, but it looks like it is, which is great. I'm glad you're using the accelerator to its full potential, but we need to do some upgrades to fix the problems and patch the security holes. John's smile and confident way didn't make Sam feel any better. I didn't notice glitches, but I've been in deep focus. Should I be worried? No, Sam, it's only been for the last few days but many of our AI characters in Silk have been complaining about having a hard time functioning. Looking around the lab, Sam observed her colleagues. Although most of them were real people unable to work in real life, some of the scientists weren't real people at all. They were artificial intelligence born into Silk. This was the only home they'd ever known. If they could actually know things, Sam wondered. She hesitated, then asked, I always wanted to ask you this, but how did you create conscious AI? They are conscious, right? Initially, I thought they were just like characters in a video game who exist to give Silk a feeling of depth when it was new. But of course, I soon realized they were much more than that. They had opinions, needs. One even got angry at me when I asked them to stay overtime. Sam shook her head. Actually, my real question would be, why did you create conscious AI if Silk is meant for real people? Expecting to get a lecture on AI rights, John's smile caught Sam off guard. 
Sam, I didn't. Consciousness created itself. Originally, the AI players were here to, as you said, make the place feel like it wasn't empty. And at first, they weren't much better than speaking to one of those old chatbots or one of those digital assistants, if you remember things like Siri. They were mechanical verbally and clunky physically, but they evolved on their own. I, I wish I could take credit for it. It's amazing, Sam paused, then continued, but also disconcerting. I completely forget they're not real. And it messes with your head because none of this is real. So what do they think of me? I mean, in here, inside Silk, perhaps I'm the one who isn't real from their perspective. John threw his head back in laughter as he said, Oh, but Sam, they do think that. And you're not the only human wondering as well. I nearly pulled the plug on the whole project the day I finally accepted that Silk had evolved consciousness. I never had a god complex in building this world. I was trying to realize Will's vision of an equality not possible in the regular world. I have my own team trying to figure out how it happened. And some of those team members are AI trying to understand how they evolved. What's interesting is that the leading theories are still what they were decades ago. One is that cognition is a form of computation, meaning with enough computing power and data, which Silk has, consciousness will emerge by itself. You exist outside of Silk in flesh and blood, but the AI members of your team, some of them struggle knowing that they're not a brain in a vat. It's perplexing, Sam. I, I no longer know which is the better scenario. John closed his eyes and shook his head before continuing. My team is looking at another strong theory from a couple decades ago, which states that consciousness is just a feature of the universe, and therefore, everything has some level of it. The amount is referred to as phi. So your phi is higher than that of a bat, whatever the phi of a bat actually means. So if this is true, that got me asking, does that mean that consciousness was already present in all these AI characters the moment I started creating this? And this leads to even more disconcerting conclusions. Sam looked down, then said, let me guess, my colleague who got angry about working overtime and probably every AI my team measures a higher phi level than me. John nodded. Yes, this conscious emergence or evolution happened close in sync to us passing the simulation point. I recall being in simulation point. What's that? Oh, sorry. There was always speculation whether humans would ever reach the point of technological development where a simulation like Silk could be as realistic as the real world. It's like the Turing test taken to a whole new level. Can you make a human inside a simulation feel so normal that they don't know the difference? So once Sam cut him off, finishing his sentence with her eyes wide, once past the simulation point, it would be likely that the world you thought you were inhabiting was already itself a simulation. John brought his hand to his chin. Well, yes, Sam, that's possible, but that's not where I was going. We didn't take that idea seriously after Silk had proved we were beyond the simulation point. What I was going to say was, once Sam stopped listening, 
Lost in thought, her eyes wandered past John. She fixed her gaze on an AI scientist on her team named Max. The AI froze in space, appeared an inch further, only to freeze again. Finally, he continued walking normally, cussing something to himself. Around the lab, the same thing was happening to every other AI on her team. Like a twisted dance of the dead, Sam watched as at least a dozen non-real people disappeared and appeared, twitching like fish pulled out of water. John, what's happening? John. John spun around, his brow furrowed as he turned back to Sam. This shouldn't be happening. Not with this level of interactivity. Usually, if there's an observer, meaning a real person like you and me, the system knows where to focus the computing power and generate surroundings or people. But this, it's an anomaly. I'm going to have to... She felt the tremble and didn't know if it was her nerves or the ground. Sam rushed to the window. She grabbed the drape that covered it and, with a deep breath, ripped back the veil. Beyond the window framing, there was nothing. Instead of feeling the warm sun through the glass, seeing people walking by, and hearing the birds chirping, there was nothing. Black emptiness, like gazing into a sky of dark matter or being sucked into the center of a black hole. Sam opened the window and stuck her head out, hoping to at least feel the warm summer breeze she felt entering the lab. Instead, the feeling of nothingness caressed her face and made Sam shiver. Then, as suddenly as the black void had appeared when she'd ripped the drape back, the world of silk outside her office window reappeared. Not all at once, but in a few layers over the course of a few seconds. Sam saw her hair dancing in front of her as a soft wind brushed her cheek, making her flinch at the weirdness of wind appearing out of nowhere. An entire city re-emerged in front of her, together with the people, the sun, and the sky above. From behind, she heard John say, Okay, I think we're good, but that was a big power sink. I need to go assemble my team right now. Hey Sam, are you okay? Ignoring the voice behind, now Sam was the one frozen in place, observing the world that wasn't there and bathing in the breeze that didn't exist. But the breeze felt so genuine, almost too good to be true, like a vivid dream where you feel bad when you wake up and realize it was only in your head. Sam, are you okay? Stretching out his hand to grab her, John was left with empty air between his fingers as Sam logged out of silk and disappeared. Back in her home office, Sam's breathing intensified, pressing a hand on her chest as if to slow her racing heart, or perhaps to see if the heartbeat actually felt real. The screen on her desk froze, revealing that look of a computer inside a computer inside a computer. Then it went back to normal as she waved her hand across the hologram interface to wake it. With a deep inhale, she rushed to the window and tugged hard on the drape. But this time, she took her time to think, taking in the scene. Behind this veil was not empty blackness, but all of the life she hadn't found outside the windows in silk. The world without an observer. Sam stuck her head out so far she almost fell. The warm summer breeze calmed her nerves, but the solace receded just as quickly. Looking at her arm out the window, she said, did I simply adjust to the qualia 
in that virtual world, making me think it was the same as this real world. But knowing there was more to it than this, her stomach turned to knots. This wind was also not real. She'd just been convincing herself for a lifetime that it was. Almost three decades of study and research, all the data, calculations, trials, tribulations, stress, and progress, it was all for nothing. Even the miniature black holes they generated through collisions, with all of their implications, no longer mattered. It was entirely possible that black holes, dark matter, quantum mechanics, and all of the other great mysteries of science were nothing more than errors or red herrings in the simulation. Clever cover-ups to confuse, no different than a magician's smoke and mirrors. She flopped on the floor, leaning her forehead against the wall. Sam closed her eyes, trying to control her breathing. But the moment she'd close her eyes, she could feel the darkness swallowing her. Eyes open or shut, the horror of Sam's predicament was there. Never again could she go back to not knowing what she now knew down to her very being was true. She was living in a simulation. Sam, what are you doing on the floor? Is everything okay? Will stood in the doorway, lines of concern across his forehead. Maya writhed in Will's hands like an overly happy caterpillar just up from her nap, yawning as if ready to eat the world. Mommy, guess what? I dreamed I was a butterfly. Do you think the butterfly will also have a dream that she's me? When Maya had moved out of earshot, Sam's thoughts started spilling out without any rule or order. I, I don't know, Will. I just came back from Silk and everything, both in there and out here, feels like an illusion, like a magic show that never stops. As if someone put a huge veil over me and, with the snap of his fingers, made me disappear like a rabbit, just to make me appear again in the hat. Will replied with a laugh. What nonsense are you talking about? Magician? Rabbits? No, it's not nonsense. Sam looked around as if paranoid that someone was listening. It's all a simulation, Will. All of it. Nothing is real. Will looked at her, still laughing, but his face was growing concerned. Well, of course it is. It's silk. It's a very real, but still very not real, virtual reality. No, I mean our world. This world where we are right now. I know this sounds insane, but we're living in a simulation. She waved her hand around the room. All of this, it's a computer program, probably created by someone like John, who is, I guess, one level up from us. Sam, Will said, walking over to kneel next to her. Honey, I think you've been working too many hours. The back and forth between Silk can be exhausting. Will, listen to me. I'm not tired. I'm afraid. Will started to smile. Okay, calm down, Sam. What's next? Are you going to tell me that God created this world last Thursday? Come on, I can see you and feel you. I know you're real as much as I know Maya is real. You're being bowled over by a very old idea, exacerbated by how real it feels to be in Silk. This existential crisis you're having is similar to dozens of evolving intellectual tropes that have roots thousands of years back to Buddhism and Hinduism, Plato's cave, 
Descartes' deceiving demon, Kabbalist mysticists, and even the Judeo-Christian religions, which warn of all of our deeds being watched by recording angels so that we may be judged after our death. They're all more or less the same implication, that this reality is an illusion formulated to judge our actions. So this is something Sam cut him off. She could see her hand shaking as she grabbed his arm. Will, we may never know the true origin of the universe because we might be inside a simulation that's inside a simulation. And Silk, Silk is just another accidental simulation down the line. It goes like that into infinity. I was right. Reality isn't an accident, and it's also not even real. The Evolve Faster podcast is written, produced, and performed by Scott Ely. Many episodes are also co-written with the help of Antonio Rosich. It takes an enormous effort to produce all the quality, original content needed for this podcast. Your support would be greatly appreciated, and you can learn about multiple ways to do so by going to evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Here you'll find direct links to review and give the podcast five stars on key platforms like iTunes and share it on social media. These are free to do, but are critical to audience growth. And the only way to find out about new seasons is to register your email, so please do so. You will only receive valuable content and information on upcoming seasons and products. And finally, if you're benefiting from the Evolve Faster podcast, direct financial support at whatever amount you can afford is important for our survival. Running ads on a channel for free-thinking content is an inherent conflict of interest. So if you want the podcast content to remain unhindered by commercial interests and stay edgy and raw, then direct support is the best and only path to content independence. Also, writing and production of each episode of the Evolve Faster podcast is a major undertaking spanning many months. It's a labor of love, but it does need your help to survive. So please consider becoming a subscriber at evolvefaster.com forward slash subscribe. Your help and support are greatly appreciated and are what makes this podcast possible. Isn't it time for an upgrade? It's time to evolve faster.